It's Becca. And this is Ryan. And welcome to Creepology. Hey, Becca. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> we are next to each other on the couch. It's so weird. I don't know why this is so much more awkward than what we do in the <laughs> I don't know where to look because I'm used to like just like staring at the computer screen, but mm-hmm. now you're like right here, so it's like, do we just talk? What's I know happening? it's like, are we just like two gals chit chatting? Like, I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, so Ryan and I are finally sitting next to each other. He came to visit me. Funny story, actually. So like two two years ago at this point, we, we're joined by a third. Also, sorry, Boo. Boo, my cat is here, and he has to be the center of attention at all times. Um. But yeah, so two years ago, I got concert tickets uh, for It's Green Day, Weezer, and Fall Out Boy, and completely forgot about it. They didn't send me any reminders, and then just a couple weeks ago, Becca was like, LOL, remember that concert we were going to go to? Like, whatever happened to that? And I was like, good question. I don't think I refunded the tickets or anything like that. So I looked and like reached out to the venue, and they're like, yeah, you still have three tickets. So I planned like a last-minute trip to come visit. Yeah. And here we are. And here we are. I'm so happy. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We went to some bars, saw the sights, did the touristy stuff yesterday. The museums. The museums. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, but, I mean, the biggest benefit of us being together was that we were able to finally record an episode in person. First, I'm curious how editing is going to be, just because it's not combining two different... It's probably not going to take you as long, files. like, at all. Oh, not at all. No. No. Um, so in the spirit of our weekend, I thought that a good question of the day could be, um, A, what was your first concert you ever went to? And B, what is your favorite concert you have ever been to? I think my answer, it's the same for both. So my first concert was 21 Pilots, obviously. Obviously. I was emo. Um, but it was before they got big. I think it was in like 2012. So me and two friends drove to Indianapolis, it was on a school night, and saw them in the basement of some club. There was probably like 200 people there. So yeah. like nothing at all like they are today. Um, people and like the, you're like right there on the stage. So it's like, ah, we're all friends. Like, yeah. I don't know. What about you? What's your No, that's concert? awesome. Um, my first concert I ever went to, I believe, was um, Hannah Montana, opened by oh the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> um, that feels correct. Drove all the way to Columbus, uh, like, act- like also on a school night. My mom drove my sister and I. Um, I. Well, my mom says that my first concert ever was actually Elton John because she was pregnant with me. When she went to go see Elton John. Oh, that's cute. So that's kind of cute. But the first concert that I actually like ever remember going to see was um, Hannah Montana opened by the Jonas Brothers. And this was at a time where I still believe that Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus were different people. Oh, yikes. Um, so we can, we can kind of see where, you know, where we're going with that. But it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, the favorite concert is, one, is I've, I've been having a hard time trying to figure that one out because... Um, I've gone to see Hoodie Allen a couple of times, and he always puts on a really, really fun show. Um, his are very similar, like to what Ryan was describing, where it's like very intimate. Like, there's, I mean, I love the House of Blues, so any chance to go to the House of Blues, like I jumped in the car randomly with two 
girlfriends at school like my my junior year of college and we just like drove all the way to cleveland and went to go see hoodie allen and it was a lot of fun we made some friends with the um some a group of girls that were standing next to us and turns out we were all in the same sorority we had just been we just go to two different schools so that was a pretty fun experience yeah that was very small world it was very fun um i don't know i went to go see billy joel three years ago like right after i moved to chicago and I mean, as somebody growing up loving Billy Joel, that was a really, really good time too. So favorite concert one for me was hard, but I always love to like hear people's concert stories because they're always so much fun. Is Billy Joel fine old? Because I feel like some people, like bands hit a point where it's like, why are you still performing? <laughs> it's time. No, he he was really, really good. Um, he, I mean, it was like a, obviously like a greatest hits tour. So he sang all the ones you know, all the yeah. ones I know. Um, and I, I mean, it was really my first thing that I had done like in Chicago after I moved here. So also some good memories with it, but we love hearing concert stories or I love hearing concert stories. So please tell us, you know, your favorite concert or any, you know, little tidbits from stories of, you know, some travels, adventures, whatever, whatever. Um, so today we are going to be continuing with our story of the murder of Dee Dee Blanchard. And Ryan did a really good job um, the last episode. I almost said yesterday. It was not yesterday. <laughs> um, Ryan did a really good job the last episode kind of outlining some of the stuff that had been leading up to it. Getting a little bit into the deception of um, Dee Dee and like everything that had been happening to Gypsy. Um, but I think what we're going to focus a little bit, like a lot more on today is the kind of psychology behind what was going on with Dee Dee, um, as well as, um, summing up like the investigation, how they ended up, you know, getting caught, what happened with their court sentencing and all that kind of stuff. So we're hopefully going to be able to wrap this one up. Um, but I believe the last thing that we had really spoken about was the cops, like, just showing up at their house, right? Yeah, because there was the Facebook post where, like, oh, that bitch is dead. Yep. And that, like, concerned a lot of friends and neighbors and stuff, so the cops showed up, had to wait for a warrant, and then they walked in and found Dee Dee's body. I think that's where we left it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, just getting into a little bit more detail about what actually went on during the murder itself. And all of this information came out in both court documents and the, um, interrogation after they ended up getting arrested. So, um, Nicholas Godijohn, who we remember is, um, Gypsy Rose's, like, online secret boyfriend that she had met through a Christian dating site. Really likes McDonald's. Really likes McDonald's. Really likes BDSM. <laughs> um, some speculation about whether or not Gypsy Rose kind of was just, like, a party to it or if she actually liked the BDSM. But regardless, um, Godijan returned to Springfield in June of 2015, arriving while Gypsy and her mother were away at a doctor's appointment. So he showed up to, the like, the this pink... Habitat for Humanity house, um, that, like, the very iconic house. And um, Gypsy, you know, they they had gotten into a fight, Gypsy and her mom, at this doctor's appointment. And, um, you know, Dee Dee had said that Gypsy had hurt her feelings and had said to her, quote, I just need to relax for a while. Don't hurt me. Dee Dee said that to Dee Gypsy? Dee Dee said this to Gypsy, like, unprompted after a fight at the doctor's office. Hmm. And these would be the last words that... Dee Dee would say to 
to her daughter were don't hurt me. Right. Um, and, and that comes straight from, from Gypsy Rose's mouth. If you watch that documentary, um, on HBO, but Dee Dee then fell asleep after saying this. Um, Gypsy allowed Godijan into the home and allegedly gave him duct tape, gloves, and a knife with the understanding that this is what he was going to be using to murder Dee Dee. Um, <coughs> and throughout the whole planning process, everything, Gypsy and even, you know, Godijan were both very adamant that this was his idea. Like he, like she had the idea to kill her mom, but he carried out the actual plan. Yeah. Um, so Gypsy then, after letting Godijan into the home, hid in the bathroom and, quote, cover and, like, supposedly covered her ears so she couldn't hear anything that was going on. But she also talks about hearing someone get murdered, so right. don't really um, <laughs> You know, Godijan then proceeds to stab Dee Dee Blanchard 17 times in her back while she was sleeping. Um, the crime scene photos are gruesome, to say the least. Very huge trigger warning. If you do watch these, if you do watch that documentary on HBO, they go into detail as to what we're seeing in a crime scene photo. Um, but you know, it, I mean, the investigators said basically Nicholas just went berserk, like he just went nuts and started stabbing her. Right, Ryan's looking, looking at, at the, the photos right photos. now. They're crazy. Jesus, it's crazy. And she was sleeping on her stomach. He stabbed her in the back seventeen times, and she died. Um, yeah, yeah, it looks like she never even had a chance to like fight back or get up or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so the next, the, this next part is heavily debated between, um, you know, parties. So between go to John's team and Gypsy Rose's team, the two supposedly had sex in Gypsy Rose's room after, um, you know, after Dee Dee was killed. Um, they also stole 40 or $4,000 in cash that Dee Dee had been keeping in the home. Um, and this was mostly after cashing her ex-husband's child support checks, like stuff like that. Supposedly, Nicholas said that he wanted to rape Dee Dee's dead body. Ew. And he That's later, he say. later, he later does admit that he asked if he could do it. What the fuck? I know. He later asks, like he later admits to it, but Gypsy said that he could rape her instead feel like if you're asking someone to rape you it's not really it's weird. not yeah <laughs> but yeah although they both agree that the sex that they had you know that that evening was 100 percent consensual and um gypsy had also asked nicholas to bite her during sex and it left like a really large mark ew so like a la ted bundy like teeth marks um so, you know, Gypsy, although Gypsy had said that the sex that they had that night was not consensual. So, like, Nicholas says it was. Gypsy Rose says it wasn't. Oh. It, they, go, they go back and forth. Like, there are some, there's some evidence to suggest that it, like, was consensual. Like, Gypsy Rose does talk about it being consensual. But then there's like, oh, yeah, he bit me and it wasn't consensual. So, I mean, we, we may never know. Regardless, what... there's a dead body in the other room. There's so... a dead body in the other room, and they're, and they're having hanky-panky yeah, time. Yeah, so probably so... not in the greatest mental state during any of this, I well, would assume. the adrenaline, I'm sure, is just, like, knocking uh... your socks off. Ew. <laughs> Love a good post-murder. Did it like that pun? Hanky-pank. <laughs> it wasn't a pun. It was, it was knocking my it was, socks no, off. No, it was one of those cliches that you talked about hating. Oh, yeah. 
Hate cliches, everyone. We were standing at the Art Institute yesterday, and like he leans over to me, and he was like, it takes a village. <laughs> <laughs> Just unprompted, like, it, it takes, takes a, a village. village. <laughs> uh, I hate it. It makes no sense. Uh, no, it really... It, but I did hear somebody say... Like in full seriousness yesterday, all that hits different and I wanted to explode. There you go. You know how much I hate I hate I hate Everyone that says phrase. It nowadays. I know and oh, I hate wow. it. Wow, I just sounded so old. You did. Nowadays. Nowadays. Um so after they had sex, whatever in whatever way that they did, they fled to a motel outside Springfield where they stayed for a few days while planning their next move. Um, and during that time, they were seen on security cameras at several local stores and gas stations in the area. Um, they also have home videos during this time of them naked, giggling, making jokes, eating brownies in, like, in, the, in a bed at the motel that they're staying at, like one day after the murder. Laughing, giggling, sharing food. like I mean, but not defending them, obviously, but hasn't... Like, Gypsy was never allowed to eat, like, sugary foods or anything like that. No, because she was told that she was allergic. So she's probably, like, going crazy right now eating all this shitty food. Well, right. But they're also, like, laughing, giggling, talking about how her mom is dead. Like. Well, yeah. In home videos. And they're, like, naked. That's not cute. But. No. Um. So Gypsy actually said, like, on tape. And, oh, my God, this part is so cringe. She says, quote, he's eating brownies and tonight he'll be eating me. Ew, uh, girl. She said that on camera. Let's remember, guys. Um, this child thinks, well, she's not even a child. She's like in her mid-20s, but she thinks that she's 16 years old. Ew, right. Or she's been like discovering that her entire life is a lie. Yeah. So I, I, go, I go back and forth so well, much. And I feel like her only sexual knowledge and experience mm-hmm. is with this guy who's like into all this freaky stuff. And stuff that she's seen on the internet, which... It's not we know, accurate. No, we know how lovely the internet is. Because, like, when they, when they seized her computer and stuff, she watched a lot of porn. I bet. Like, a lot of porn. Locked in the house all day? What else are you going to do? Right. Well, no, she had to do it at night when her mom was asleep. Because her mom wouldn't let her use the internet. Ew. She took a hammer to the home computer. That's right. But Gypsy ended up being able to get a laptop. It's, it's a whole thing. Um... Gypsy says that at this point, she believed that the two had managed to get away with the crime. Um, based on like, all her prior knowledge right, of committing based crimes. Based on all of her crime on being gay and doing crimes. What? Um, they, they also decided it'd be a good idea to mail the murder weapon and some of their bloody clothes like back to Nicholas's like, family's home in Wisconsin. The home where he lives with his parents. I was going to say, imagine me and the parents like opening that box like, hmm, this feels like a threat. Right. Like, um, they, said, they said that this was to avoid getting caught with it, but it's being mailed so from smart. them always to- Always thinking. Right. All, always big. This is like some big brain stuff here. Um, they then took a bus to Big Bend, Wisconsin, um, and several witnesses saw the pair on their way to the Greyhound station and noted that Gypsy was wearing a long blonde wig and was, you guessed it, walking- unassisted and that was like super jarring to i mean i think this comes later but like everyone was like oh my god she can walk right freaking out right because we we said and we we said the last episode the sheriff in the county where when Dee Dee was found 
went on television and like urged people to stop putting together a GoFundMe because like Gypsy was walking. Yeah. And like said, like things are not as they seem. Like this is not a sick child. This is, you know, this is a, a murder, um, like a murder suspect. So um, right now, everyone is seeing this. They're seeing this little girl that they have seen be sick and she's been on TV. She's been to Disney. We, ha- we built a house for her in the community and now they're realizing that she can actually walk. And we are going to get into that right after the break. We had to take a brief break to pet the cat. He's desperate for attention. Like you would, you would think that I never look or touch this cat. Like I would, that I never look at him, never touch him, never feed him. Like literally if, if you go without petting him for longer than five seconds, it's like he's dying. Um, I'm seeing him so much more this trip, though. Like, usually he just, like, hangs out under your bed, but he's been out socializing and talking. Well, like I said, he, dude acts like he's desperate for attention. Just because I'm going to work... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking to him as I'm recording this podcast. But, yeah, some, well, maybe, we'll get a, maybe we'll get a good meow out of him and hear some comments from him later. But, recap. Dee Dee Blanchard is dead. She is found dead in their home. And based on security tape footage, we are seeing that her daughter, little sick Gypsy Rose, can actually walk unassisted. So, obviously, people were shocked. Um, You know, everybody had thought, you know, Dee Dee and Gypsy Rose were just this sweet family trying to take care of a little girl that was sick. However, we're starting to realize that there's more stuff happening behind the scenes. Once the investigation goes underway and, you know, and everything starts getting, getting put together for the trial, um, the experts start coming in and the experts start weighing in on what was going on. And the public opinion was just like absolutely destroying Gypsy Rose. Like she's a scam artist. Like she obviously had something to do with this. Um, you know, she, she was the ringleader in all of it and just wanted her mom out of the way. Like, you name it, somebody had found a way to blame Gypsy Rose Which for it. is true on its face. Like, she did want to kill her mom because her mom, like, was keeping her from seeing her boyfriend, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But at the same time, her mom was also keeping her, like, debilitated. Mm-hmm. Like, no quality of life. All of these procedures, like, all of her teeth fucking fell out because of what her mom did. Like, crazy. Right. Absolutely crazy. And the, like, the the added layer to it is, like, Gypsy Rose, she did keep, like, strong. I was like, I'm going to still support my mom. I'm still going to say that I love my mom. Because I do think that Gypsy Rose loved her mom. However, I think that, like, those survival instincts... As well as like years and years and years of medical abuse and emotional and psychological abuse, like it, G- Gypsy Rose during the actual like investigation and trial didn't act like a victim. She did not act like the victim of a trauma. But when you watch the videos of her, like in her investigation, in in the court hearing, everything, she still acts like a baby. Well, it's because that's what she was told to do. Like, right. She didn't know anything else. Right, exactly. And so it was determined that um, Dee Dee had Munchausen's, Munchausen syndrome by proxy. 
However, it's now referred to as fictitious disorder imposed on another or FDIA. I didn't know. Um, yeah. So the name change happened um, when, with the release of the DSM-5, and this came out in 2013. Um, which, quick like recap, I hope you all know by now what the DSM is. I've talked about it enough. But for those of you that may be just joining us now, first of all, go listen to part one if you haven't. But also, the DSM is the Diagnostical and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which contains the diagnostic criteria for how we determine when somebody has a mental illness or is dealing with a mental illness. And so when the every once in a while, the DSM gets updated. And when it was updated in 2013, um, there were, you know, the update came with the introduction of fictitious disorder, which falls under delusional disorders which a delusion is a belief that you hold so strong that there is no proof to the contrary, but we all know that it's not true. Like everybody else knows that it's not true. Um, So the two types of it are fictitious disorder imposed on self, which just used to be Munchausen syndrome, which is like, I am making myself sick for attention. And then there's also fictitious, fictitious disorder imposed on by another which used to be Munchausen's by proxy. Um, And this is the diagnosis that is assigned to the perpetrator. So the person who is like making the other person sick. Um, And the person who is affected may be like assigned like a victim, like PTSD, trauma type disorder after as well. Um, So it was determined that that DD had fictitious disorder imposed on another FDIA and if you watch the documentary, there was a doctor who Dee Dee and Gypsy went to go see who said in his report that he believed that Dee Dee clocked it, yeah. had Munchausen's. Um, but she caught him. Right. We talked about that last episode. Right. Because she knew enough about the medical field that she'd be able to get around it. So um, fictitious disorder imposed on by another, um, is where a a caregiver, typically the mother, like statistically speaking, it more so happens with moms. Um, they create the appearance of health problems in another person, most often their child. So there have been cases of this happening with like nurses and their patients, doctors and their patients, like an angel of death type scenario. Right. Um, or, you know, working in a nursing home and making somebody a lot more sick. Well, it sounds like, too, this wasn't even Dee Dee's first time because there's two incidences with her mom and then her stepmom where she was, like, a caregiver pretty much. But yeah. But they started getting sick. Or she asserted herself into the caregiver role. Right, yeah. And either did not perform her job the way that she was supposed to or did something to make Quite worse. The opposite, yeah. Like, oh, you know, she starved our mom to death. Yeah. Like... Multiple people say that that happened. Um, this could also include actually injuring somebody or altering things to make them appear as sick. I just want to be really clear and lay this out as plain as possible. This is abuse. Like, this happening is abuse. And people forget that in this case. Gypsy, and, and, and I'm saying this for myself too. I forget that Gypsy Rose is also a victim. I forget it all the time. Yeah. Um, well, and it's, she's what, 18 or 19 at the end of this? So it's 18 or not, because it started when she was a baby, like just a couple months out of the womb. Right. So like years, almost two decades of right. just horrific abuse. And, and being a prisoner in your own body, being a prisoner in your own home, like 
having to pretend by your own family right having to pretend like something is wrong noticeably taking advantage of other people and taking their money but we also don't know how drugged up gypsy was that entire time or like how involved or how much she even knew that's what was actually happening because i'm sure if i were Dee, i would just make it I would make Gypsy feel like she was entitled to all these things because that's easier than like it's easier hey, we're than gonna the latter, yeah. right? It's easier than like we're gonna be real sneaky. But as Gypsy Rose got older and she was starting to realize, like, hey, I can eat sugar and I won't die, or I can walk. Yeah, like she she starts to push back a little bit. But like I, I say, making it clear that this is abuse because the end result of this was that the abuser was killed. And a lot of the times when victims end up becoming the perpetrator by, like, defending themselves and, and killing the, the perpetrator, that gets forgotten. And I forget about it, too. Um, Munchausen's or fictitious disorder is physical and medical abuse. Sometimes it can be both emotional and psychological as well. Um, they, this caregiver will do whatever they can to make this other person look sick. Um, and these behaviors occur without a specific benefit to the caregiver. So the motives are kind of all over the place. There's never just one motive. There's multiple. So, you know, for example, knowing that the other person is not sick, but that they want attention, money, sympathy. Um, they want to they wanna appear saint-like. They want to appear helpful. Um, this, these people may have experienced a trauma and are continuing to care for somebody, which I think could potentially have led to what happened with Gypsy Rose with that um, motorcycle accident that she got in with her grandpa. Oh, yeah. Um, was it her grandpa or was it her dad? It was her grandpa. It was her grandpa, right. Yeah. And I mean, she ended up being fine, but that's when the wheelchair happened was after that trauma. Yeah. So. Well, even from birth, though, like way before the motorcycle incident. She insisted that Gypsy Dee Dee had sleep was, apnea. Like, sleep apnea. And it, if it wasn't sleep apnea, it was leukemia yeah a chromosomal disorder was yeah another. it was a chromosomal non, disorder specific chromosomal disorder yep or it was leukemia or, or you know it was something like along those lines um or you know these people could actually be delusioned and believe that the person is sick and that whatever they're doing is helping or they want some kind of benefit for being a caregiver which like free trips to Disney. And, right. Um, and getting a house built for you and getting to go on TV, getting to go through the Make-A-Wish Foundation, like all that kind of stuff. What I'm sure it can evolve too, because like I, it could have started out with something like she wanted to feel like a caregiver. But then once the perks started coming in, it was like, oh, I kind of like this. So I'm going to keep right. being this person. Like thinking about when her mom started to get sick and the attention that she probably got from, oh, you're a saint for taking care of your mother. like. Right. That's so wonderful of you. And then, oh, well, your mother died. Now I get sympathy from her dying. But then, oh, that washes up. So now I have another person that I have to do this to. And um, this form of abuse has a 6 to 10% mortality rate. Um, so 6 to 10% of the time, the victim ends up actually dying. I'm surprised it's not more than I, that. To be I, am, I am too. But many symptoms, like many, many of these that people... I know he's he Boo is holding Ryan's hand and he's he's freaking out about it. Um, but these a lot of the symptoms, the medical scenarios that these people are portraying are really easy to fake due to parental reports, um, being able to manipulate presentations through medication, going so far as harming the other person or falsifying records, which all happened in this case. Yeah. 
um, you know, Gypsy Rose was drugged. She was given medication to appear to be slower. Um, you know, she was forced into a wheelchair and people, other doctors were noticing like your muscles would have atrophied if you've been in a wheelchair for this long and her muscles were just fine. Right. Um, or, you know, it's, there's like, there's a lot of premeditation in these cases differing from like other types of abuse. So like, if we want to say like, quote, normal abuse is typically spur of the moment, Mm -hmm. like somebody somebody smacks somebody else because they're upset somebody hurts somebody else because they've had a bad day that's what typically happens in an abuse scenario but with these this abuse is premeditated and unprovoked like obviously these kids didn't do anything to ask for it right um healthcare providers unintentionally feed into the abuse by reacting to concerns and demands of the caregiver um you know, the I keep switching back and forth between calling them perpetrators or caregivers, but in this scenario, they're kind of they're they're one and the same. Yeah. Um, the perpetrator may come up with a combination of symptoms that require more testing, feeding into the attention of an un like of an unusual diagnosis. So, like, um, you know, well, she, she you know she's not showing it when she's here, but at home she's moaning and groaning, complaining all the time, like. It's a chromosomal disorder that takes forever to figure out. Um, when I feel like Munchausen's by proxy or uh, the fictitious disorder, the, yeah, the yeah. fictitious disorder, I feel like it's pretty rare. And if you're a doctor and you have a concerned family coming in, you want to help them. Like your right. first instinct isn't to be like, "You're lying. None of this is true." Right, because then you could get sued for for medical negligence. Yeah. So it's there. It's you walk a fine line because these perpetrators slash caregivers appear as like Mother Teresa. Like they appear to the outside as like I am just a lowly mother trying to serve and take care of my child. Um, And so they're able to get they're able to manipulate the situation and get what they want. Um, If a healthcare practitioner resists the requests or stories of the perpetrator. They like basically pop off and cry like medical neglect, or just find um, someone else, <laughs> right? Or they make a big fuss about being mistreated. Um, they're known to doctor or hospital shop, so they'll get what they can from one doctor and they'll move to another doctor. Or they'll move to a different hospital. Gypsy Rose and Dee Dee move to different states. They move from state to state. Yep. Um, change their names. Change their names. Dee 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 had many aliases. She's known to have many aliases. Um, and there was one doctor, a whistleblower. We talked about him last episode. Do you remember his name? It was not an easy one. No, (laughs) it was not an easy one either. Like I, from what I remember. Um, but there was one doctor at one point, like I said, that speculated the Munchausen's. Um, but this doctor also, um, like talked about how unethical it was for Dee Dee to be asking for another type of surgery. Like, I believe it was to get another feeding tube inserted, something like that. But just for reference for everybody and to put it into context, here's a list of what Gypsy was diagnosed with and what was on her chart during the investigation. She'd been diagnosed with epilepsy, being vision and hearing impaired, GI reflux, quadriplegia, so like not being able to walk, um, muscular dystrophy, um, amenia, or anemia, amenia, anemia, <laughs> sleep apnea, asthma, undisclosed allergies, 
At the age of seven, she was diagnosed with mild mental retardation. We don't use that word in in medicine anymore, but for the times. Um, At age five, she was diagnosed with leukemia, uh, incontinence, so not being able to toilet properly, um, lung disease, and a heart murmur. I feel like half those you can test for, though. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but like... Some doctor put quadriplegia in her chart. Right. And isn't that just like a... A reflex, like when you tap the knee and if your leg moves, then you don't have But it. if you're on drugs, your reflexes don't act as quickly. I guess. Yeah, that's true. But there's also, so here's, so here's what probably happened for, cause for like something like quadriplegia or even muscular dystrophy, which muscular dystrophy is a, it, 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 it's a horrible disease. Like it, you debilitate over time, like slowly your entire life. Right. Um, here's what I think happened. So they were from Louisiana. And they used Katrina as that was a big as a, as a way. So I think that Dee Dee had probably forged documents or was able to obtain documents from a medical hospital that said that her daughter was quadri- was quadriplegic. And so when she goes to a new doctor, she has all these records, but there's no number to call the doctor. There's no fax number. There's no office. It's just you're going off the word of mouth of the mother. Right. And, like, multiple doctors had said that, like, you know, Dee Dee Blanchard is not a good historian. Dee Dee Blanchard is, is unable to let her child speak. Like, um, we had talked last episode about when Gypsy and Dee Dee would go to the doctor. Gypsy was never able to speak. Um, Dee Dee always spoke for her. They were always holding hands. And when Dee Dee or when Gypsy would, was going to say something or when a doctor had spoken to her, Dee Dee would squeeze her hand really, really crush tight, it. like crush her hand yeah. so that she knew what could happen if she said something wrong. Yeah. So like, I mean, just years and years and years of this and, and people asking like, well, she could just get up and walk, like get up, walk out, like walk out of the house. Well, it's like, how do you know? Like, how do you know that there's even a delusion happening? Like, cause you're literally raised in it. It's kind of like a, a cult almost right it's like you don't know anything else you don't know anything else you just know that when i go out in public i have to sit in this wheelchair yeah like and and it wasn't and it wasn't like this was like a big like plot like where dd said you're gonna pretend to be sick right this was like dd would sick. be like you are sick you need this wheelchair you cannot walk you are allergic to sugar you need a feeding tube well, and i can imagine that's so scary because it's like what if she is right and I like try to prove her wrong and I kill myself? Well, like, right, and I like and that. I die or something yeah. bad happens. And in in Gypsy Rose's case, like she was completely reliant on her mother. Like any and all support that she received from anybody came from her mother, until they moved to that Habitat for Humanity house and she made friends with that girl across the street. Mm-hmm. Um, what was her name? Aaliyah. Um, Aaliyah. Yeah. Um. So just for. Being a uh, you know being an advocate for abuse, being a show that's very um, treatment focused and psychologically focused. Before we go into the investigation and trials, I do want to throw out some warning signs of fictitious disorder um, because it does happen a lot more than people think, especially if you work in the medical in a, in a medical care setting. Um, and I mean, these are this also just goes for any really signs of abuse and. As always, when we talk about abuse, we will link hotline numbers and, and resources if, if you or anybody that you know might be going through this. But 
Some warning signs are a child who has one or more medical problems that that are not responding to treatment or that follow an unusual course that is persistent, puzzling, and unexplained. Um, Physical or laboratory findings that are highly unusual, um, discrepant with the patient's presentation or history, or physically or clinically impossible. Um, A highly attentive parent who is reluctant to leave their child's side and who themselves seems as like like they need to require constant attention. Um, a parent who appears unusually calm in the face of serious difficulties in their child's medical course. Um, this is like the suspected parent may work in a healthcare field, and so they have knowledge of medicine and what and what happens. Which Dee Dee did. Which Dee Dee did. Um, signs and symptoms of a child's illness may lessen or simply vanish in the parent's absence. So, like, if a parent has to go on a trip, suddenly the kid's fine. Like, they don't need help. Right. Um, or they hospitalize or carefully monitor their kid while they're gone. So when they're not there, something changes. Um, a family history of similar or unexplained illnesses or deaths in siblings, parents, parents anything. moms. Yep. And it, I mean, it also can be perpetrated on siblings. Older siblings have done stuff to their younger siblings. Um, a parent who reports dramatic negative events such as house fires, burglaries, or car accidents that affected them and their family while their child is sick. Katrina taking away medical records, perhaps. Um, a parent who seems to have an insatiable need for um, like attention, accolades, or who makes like self-serving efforts for public acknowledgement of their abilities, so making themselves appear to be a better person than they are. Um, a child who inexplicably deteriorates whenever a discharge or a different course of treatment is planned, which this is common across like a lot of disorders. Like sometimes people with borderline personality disorder, they when they like being in a hospital setting because they can make friends and get taken care of, if they find out they're getting discharged, they deteriorate or they like mess with something or cause problems. Um, and then lastly, um, a child that looks for cueing from parent in order to feign an illness, and also a child that presents to the ER like with a history of like repeated illness, injury, or hospitalization. It's a lot, um, but it's it's something important to look for, um, and it's definitely scary to think about. But it's it's definitely important to know. Um, so I think we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna go into trials and aftermath. What do you think? Cool. Sounds awesome. Good. Okay. What, ready to wrap this thing up? I'm ready. You're ready to wrap up this story? Um, the trials and stuff is actually what I know probably the least about, so I'm excited to learn more. Yeah. The thing is, is that this is such a cut and dry case though. Like once you, (laughs) once you dig, once they dug deeper and actually realized the years of abuse that Gypsy had gone through, like it it was kind of cut and dry for everybody. I'm honestly surprised that she was like fit to stand trial. Cause like her whole identity was a lie. Right. Like, I don't know that Maybe, I mean, maybe uh, the psychiatrist who examined her realized that she was cognizant enough that she could speak on her own behalf. Yeah, maybe. But there, but it's important to understand that both parties, so 
go to John's and Gypsy Rose's like legal teams were harping on the fact that Gypsy was is an abuse victim. Like that, like that was the key part for. Right. It, it, there, there's no this this case is not a question of guilt. They both admitted to doing it. Like, and everybody knows that they did it. But this is a case of like, where does the blame lie? Where does tr- what is the best course of treatment for two very sick individuals? Which I believe that Godejan and Gypsy Rose were both very sick people. Well, Godejan had a lot of issues before even any of this happened. So many un- like so many unchecked issues. Yeah. And I mean, unfortunately, that was the nature of the the time that he was living in, the area that he was living in. His parents were doing their best, but I mean. The internet was booming. The internet was surging. It's hard to keep people off the internet. You're not going to be able to keep people off the internet. Right. You're listening to us via the internet. So thank you. <laughs> um, but more and more about the twisted tale of abuse and lies of Dee Dee Rose Blanchard started to come out from the interrogations of both Nicholas and Gypsy. Um, they were very quickly to shift the thinking of Dee Dee as the bad guy in this scenario. Dee Dee very quickly became like the villain in the narrative. Oh, she was. She was, right. But they were so quick to like completely destroy Gypsy. But then when they realized what happened, that it was Dee Dee's fault. Um, you know, Gypsy was being seen more as a victim of abuse than anything else. Um, the county prosecutor, Dan Patterson, announced that he was not going to be seeking the death penalty for either of them, for either Godejan or Gypsy Rose. Well, that's good. I mean... This is it. Unfortunately, a lot of the time, a lot of what happens is that they overcharge you and they see what sticks. Oh, yeah. In this case, they would not have been able to push a death sentence through. Like, that's what happened with, that's how, that's how Casey Anthony was able to get off, was because they pushed for the death penalty and, and the judge saw it as too much. Overreach. They, they overreached it. The, the death penalty, which is very controversial, and I really don't want to debate the death penalty right now because I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the, I don't know where I stand on it, honestly, because our legal system is messed up and biased. Um, but like I said, this is not a case of knowing who is guilty. This is a case of just figuring out what the best course of action is. Right. And the prosecutor didn't feel that the death penalty was necessary. And I agree. Right. Um, Gypsy's attorney secured a plea deal um, to second degree murder. So Gypsy had to um, plead guilty to second degree murder. So being a party to murder. Which she was and it all right it was and it all this this sentence also um because if it was manslaughter it's an accident here's like so i've been trying to understand the difference between capital murder first degree murder and manslaughter manslaughter is accidents or like a rage induced or a crime of passion whereas first degree murder or second degree murder include premeditation which they have proof of premeditation in this case. Right. But like if Gypsy had just like gone nuts one day and, and stabbed the shit out of her mom, that would be manslaughter. Hmm. But, and, and, and she could even have pro like if that would have happened because of her abuse, it probably could have also been argued down to second degree manslaughter. If that, I think that's a thing. If I'm wrong, somebody correct me. My sister, my sister's about to go to law school. And if you're listening, Allie, you can, you can let me know if I'm wrong on that one. Um, but, it, it should be noted, and it was noted in all reports, that Gypsy was so undernourished when she entered the county jail that being able to have 13, or two, 13, 
three square meals a day that she 13? can actually that she can actually chew and swallow. Oh yeah. She gained fourteen pounds during her first year in jail. I bet. Yeah. She said many times that jail was like a thousand times better than living at home with you. Right, because she like at least in jail she can walk around. Yeah. And she can eat walk meals, social interaction even. Not being on drugs all the time. Right. Like, well, because remember guys, she had her salivary glands removed, which is gonna fuck her up for the rest of her life. Yeah. And the salivary glands not being there, she was they were on her her teeth rotted out of her head because yeah. they were unable to be nourished and Epilepsy medication, if you're not supposed to be on it, that's not good for you. And well, that's a lot of medications. Right. If you're not supposed to be on it, will just, like, destroy your body. Well, and anticonvulsants are known to messing with your teeth. Ugh. So, like, her, her, the acid in her mouth that needed to compensate for breaking down food eventually broke down her teeth. She's had several GI inserted feeding tubes, and they don't do that under anesthesia. Also, Ew, so they pull that. it out and put in a new one without an antiseptic. Or, well, an antiseptic they have, but like anesthesia, they don't. They don't put you under for that. Gross. Um, or at least in Gypsy's case, she was never put under. Mm. So this poor child. Um, in July of 2015, Gypsy accepted the plea and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. So she will be out in 2025. I was gonna say it's coming up. Yeah. Um, and sh- and she's been and, and she's been very open. She's been in the news. Um, she, the first interview that she ever gave was in, uh, was a Buzzfeed interview. It was really, really good. The, the, um, the, the journalist did a really good job. Um, Godijan faced more severe charges because the prosecution argued that he initiated the murder plot and actually was the one to carry out Didi. There was proof of the first message talking about murder being from Godijan. Oh, okay. So, like, suggesting, like, huh, what if we kill her? <laughs> LOL. LOL. Yes. What, what would happen? Um, Gypsy's plea also did not require her to testify against Nicholas. However, she did appear in court. Um, so, in January of 2017, Godijan's trial was postponed because the prosecution requested a second psychiatric exam. So, they brought in their people. So, the defense did their thing and the prosecution wanted their people. Um, so his lawyers reported from the report that he had an IQ of 82, which is borderline intellectual functioning, um, and is on the autism spectrum. He also, um, originally waived his right by a trial, but, or like his right for a trial by jury, but he then changed his mind. Um, Gypsy testified on Nicholas's third trial day. Um, she said that he, that she had suggested her mother be killed to end her abuse and that she was also considering getting pregnant by Nicholas so that Dee Dee would eventually accept him. Yep. So like the first plan was that Gypsy was going to get pregnant through immaculate conception or other means. We're not really sure. Um, <laughs> holding hands. Holding hands. Um, but then when that was determined that that wasn't a good enough plan, they were like, yeah, we should just kill her. Right, because that's an obvious... only only thing. That's the only alternative. Um, She also talked about how she is the one that stole the knife that would become the murder weapon um, and also stole baby and adult clothes from a Walmart. So she she stole baby clothes, adult clothes, and the knife from the same Walmart. Um, And this knife would be the one that was ended up used for the crime later. The baby clothes. The baby clothes were... The baby clothes were going to be for if... Godijan got her pregnant. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, 
After after about four days, um, the trial only lasted four days. The jury was sent to deli- to deliberate. Um, they had the option of sentencing him or not to one of three charges: involuntary manslaughter. Um, and the involuntary piece, I'm I'm gonna guess, comes from the mental illness. Probably. Um, second degree murder, which is like which is the same which is the same charge that Gypsy got, or yeah. first degree murder. It's like I am the main character in the murder. Yeah. Um, they deliberated for two hours and found him guilty of first degree murder and armed clinical cl- clinical armed criminal action. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what that means. I think it's probably because of the of the knife. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna assume. I, think I don't so, know. Yeah. Um, so he was, char- he was determined to be fully responsible for the murder. Um, mental illness played nothing into it, at least what the, de- what the jury determined, eh. which I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and throw a red flag out. Um, in February of 2019, he was sentenced to life in prison for the murder conviction. Um, and since prosecutors had declined to seek the death penalty, this was the only sentence possible was life in prison. Interesting. Oh yeah. I'm unsure about parole. I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, Gypsy and Nicholas are not allowed to speak. They're still in love. She's, she's gone on yep. record to say she still is in love She still him. is in love with him. She still thinks about him. Um, friends, family, and the community in Springfield were crushed when they discovered the truth about Dee Dee and Gypsy. Um, the only, like, there's only been one charity that worked with Dee Dee and Gypsy that has ever spoken officially about this, about this case. And it was Habitat for Humanity, who is the people that built them that house. They're probably mad as hell. <laughs> right. Like, I'd be mad, too. They said, um, they released a statement that said, we are just really deeply saddened by the whole situation. Yeah. Um, it's not like it's their fault. Like, they're not. No. Right. Like. Dee Dee's family um, had confronted her about her treatment of Gypsy years ago, um, did not report or show any remorse for Dee Dee's death. Um, none of them paid for a funeral, and in fact, her ashes were reportedly flushed down the toilet. Well, sayonara. <laughs> right. Her family was not, they, they, they were not fans of Dee Dee. Well, also, again, I know we've talked about this, but, like, they are convinced that she, A, killed her mom, and B, tried to tried poison to, her stepmom. Tried to poison her stepmom. So, like, no love lost. No love think. lost on that one. No, I don't think so. They were just, mo- they were just really sad for Gypsy. That was what they were sad for. I'm sure. I, her dad hasn't said much on it, but, like, I have to imagine as, like, family or a parent, you feel so guilty. Oh, he like, does. He does feel – he feels responsible. Uh, like, in that, in that interview on HBO, he fully feels responsible for what happened. Nice. Because, like, he, he wishes that he would have fought harder. But every time Gypsy would ask about her dad or every time – He's a he drug was, addict. He's an right. alcoholic. He's, he's awful. He's yeah. abusive. He, you know, he hurts me. Or, you know – up until the morning of that they were going to go see him, Dee Dee would cancel. But then she the would tell Gypsy that it was because he canceled. Yeah. So, like... It was not his fault. It was a lose-lose scenario. Um, Gypsy really hasn't talked or didn't talk much to the media until after she made her plea, which I think was very smart. Um, she has been, you know, she reported that she's been doing a lot of research on Munchausen while she was in, while she's been in prison. She said that her mom has every symptom and she's really upset that nobody noticed it. Um, 
It's so hard. I know. I don't know how you... I would never guess that, I don't think. No, and it's really painful to listen to Gypsy talk about it because there's pieces of it where she fully understands that she is responsible for her mother's death. But then there's also the underlying factor of this woman abused me for 20 years. All I remember is being in a wheelchair and being drugged. Like Her whole development, early life, growing up was completely stolen from her. Right, and I mean, her teeth she i mean she has veneers now but like her voice is forever messed up like her like you know i'm she she was able to walk but who knows like what else who knows what ramifications are going to be down the line because of all the stuff that gypsy did to her pd right pd um i don't really know what's up with nicholas um unsure of if he is being treated for his mental illness i think he was diagnosed with asperger's yeah. That's all I know, though. I'm assuming he's just probably going to be in jail, though. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the first degree murder charge on for him. No. I think second degree murder minimum or involuntary manslaughter. I don't. It was definitely voluntary. <laughs> yeah, he he. Well, but did he understand right from wrong though? That's the le- that's the definition of insanity. Is that he if he if he was able to determine what he was doing was wrong. But in inter- like in interviews he like he's like yeah I, I killed a person. Their interviews though are so creepy because neither of them show very much emotion. I understand that from Gypsy honestly. Yeah. Cuz it's like especially the later on it gets and the more she understands how like fucked up her situation is him, I don't know. You'd think by now he would be like yeah, like she wasn't worth it. <laughs> No, I actually think that he might be dating like a pen pal. Not Gypsy. No, not Uh-oh. Gypsy. I think I, I like. I think I read that somewhere. Um, Is this one of those like murderers who like he has a bunch of women writing to him now, like Ted Bundy, like Ted Bundy or Charles Manson? Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. On I, I honestly, I really didn't want to spend that much time reading up on <laughs> Nicholas Kershaw. Um, but yeah, so that's the, uh, very twisted and tragic story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard and her mom being murdered. Do you think, so here's what I'm hung up on. Like, Dee Dee obviously is aware that Gypsy was becoming more and more, like, clued in to what mm-hmm. was happening. Well, she found her birth certificate, remember? Like, her birth real one. Birth certificate and, like was starting to ask questions and was like what the heck do you think Dee Dee would have killed her had to, to like i think it would have been an accident but i i, I a, a quote-unquote accident i think or? that she would have staged something happen like her oh her no her sleep apnea stopped her from breathing in her sleep yeah like but it was like actually a pillow <laughs> so the the when i was doing the research on um munchausen's by proxy the number one way that the person dies well I guess, like, number one and two is starvation and, and um, being, like, snuffed out, basically. Suffocated. Um, because you can, you, you know, those are easy to explain. Starvation is easy to explain. Yeah. Except if it's that bad. Well, and as a caregiver and the person you're caring for has feeding tubes, like, isn't that kind of up to you to, I don't know how those work, dump a little food in? Right. Yeah. Squirt some mashed potatoes down the thing. Ew, like, <laughs> if you, so if you guys go on Hulu and watch the series, The Act, it's really good. 
Um, it, it's like a, it's a, it's a dramatized version of this story. And it's like a, like a five part series, um, which by the way, Gypsy Rose has been outspoken about how mad she is about, she does not like how she was depicted. Why is she more villain? She, she doesn't feel like it did the true like victim justice. Like she was a victim and like. It, so she wasn't abused enough in the show? They didn't, no, they didn't portray her as like, like, like Gypsy was saying, like, the movie makes it look easy. It was not easy. Oh, that's fair. She just, she wishes that it would have been a lot more true to her actual experience. And she wishes that the relationship between the, the mom and daughter characters, like she will, she has never spoken bad about her mom. Mm. Never. And in the movie, it depicted them fighting a whole bunch. And I mean, to be fair, she probably didn't really have the the chops to fight because of her right. state. But Gypsy Gypsy wasn't really a big fan of the of the series. And it, it, I have to say, after diving in and actually researching it, I have changed my tune. I thought that Gypsy should have been punished harder. Honestly, do you think that now? No. Oh, when I when I first learned of this case, and like. From the outside looking in, I felt very angry towards Gypsy as like, how did you not say anything when these people were giving you millions of dollars? Yeah. She didn't know. I don't think she knew. It's possible. It's very possible. Um, I Go watch the act. Um, trigger warning for abuse because it's a, obviously a theme throughout the whole thing. Um, if you know if you know anybody or you yourself are experiencing abuse, if you have Munchausen's by if proxy, if you have if you have Munchausen's by proxy, why are you listening to this episode? <laughs> um, but I mean, we'll call a hotline. We have we have a hotline number available. That was my foot rubbing the, oh. the table. But I thank you so much for joining me in studio, Ryan. In studio, <laughs> in my living room, <laughs> in the pod lab where the magic happens. The pod lab. <laughs> Um, well, as always, continue to show us support any way you can. If you want to give us a shout out on iTunes, um, shout out to my friend Kelly for writing us a really nice review on iTunes. Um, oh, she, did we get another one? I need to start we did. checking. We like did get another one. Yeah. My, my friend Kelly, who is a, a big true crime fan, listened to our episode and legitimate, like gave, like gave us good critique and listened and her review is honest. She swears. That she's not saying it because she's my friend. Oh, it's that bad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have also been told that our little sign-off confuses people. and The have a day you deserve? Yeah. And that's the goal, is that's, to make you think about it. That'll come up in a mini episode, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll explain the story. Um, it's really not but that It's really not that big of a story. It's not like it's life-changing. But um, please keep supporting us. Please keep sharing us and, you know, spreading the word. and. The Twitter, Creepology Pod, at Creepology Pod. Instagram, Creepology Podcast. Email us at creepologypodcast at gmail.com. Becca has to pee. So with that, have the day you deserve. <laughs> I wasn't going to go off air. Oh. Have, the, have the day you deserve, everybody. Rushing to the bathroom. <laughs>